0: Welcome to the Totally Transformed Podcast. My name is Lance Borden. I'm here with my mom, psychologist and author, Dr. Connie Borden, and she is my mom as well. If you've never listened to this podcast before, and it's our privilege to come to you today. We're continuing our series, or maybe just a two-parter, on the reverential fear of the Lord uh, by looking specifically at our words and the power of our words today today. Um, it's a beautiful day in our area. We've now gotten into the fall temperatures here in the, uh, Texas South and it is awesome. For refreshing.
1: run hot, it's really nice.
0: Yeah, I bet. I bet. I was in Broken Bow this past weekend, which is a kind of a resort town in Oklahoma. Um, or maybe just a destination, I should say. A lot of, uh, people rent out their homes that they own up there. Cabins as they would call them, but they're actually quite nice. And, uh, it, it was nice to, to be, it was, it was still warm. I mean, we still had eighties and nineties, but, um, it, it, there was, I remember at one point a, a nice breeze and it was definitely milder. I'm still remembering the hundred plus degree weather that we had here in the summer. So,
1: you know, even your, um, son, eight year old son, Caleb say, right. He's mm-hmm. eight, right? said, mm-hmm. Naughty you won't have to use your fan so much anymore, right? Right? <laughs> Isn't that you sweet? You get a respite.
0: Yeah, that is sweet. <laughs> He's
1: so observant.
0: Mm-hmm, he and is. He
1: says, "You know, who? What eight-year-old would care about their nanny that uses a fan?" Apparently Yours. he does. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he does. He sees yeah. that. He sees it uh, and that.
1: sees that sometimes I'm not comfortable and said, yay. Right. Nani won't have to be uncomfortable anymore.
0: Right. Well, I, I, I thought was, that was remarkable. That is really sweet of him. Yeah. I'll have to remind him of that yes. when I see him today. You should. But, um, well, uh, you know, Roman Proverbs 1821 says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. And, um, Jesus talked about our words and the power of our words. He was at one point talking to Pharisees as he did many times. And there was a place in Matthew 12 where he had just rebuked the Pharisees who were trying to say that he had cast out a demon because he was doing it by the prince of demons. And he said, well, you know, a kingdom divided against itself can't stand if I'm, Casting them out by Satan's power, then Satan is divided against himself. So that's not it. But he goes on to say, and, and I think he was pinpointing them as having words that were coming out of evil hearts. Um, by saying in verse 33 of Matthew 12, Make a tree good and its fruit will be good, or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that everyone will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken, for by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. I just thought that was a powerful statement by Jesus regarding how significant our words are and how we'll have to uh, give an account for, for the words that we say. Um, and it reminded me too that we're also saved by our words, right? Romans ten nine and 10 says, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. So there's a heart belief and a mouth statement Um, then you will be saved. So our words are so powerful and significant.
1: Well, there's no doubt about it, uh, linking last podcast um, to this one, part two. If you have a reverential fear of the Lord, according to these verses you've just read, you must think about your words. And I think, um, I mean, I'm thinking of something I know as a Christian psychologist. Women particularly have a lot of words. I think statistics show they have 10,000 compared to the average man's 500. Um, That's probably a good thing because we're we're the relators of the family. We talk a lot. um, And men are more factual-oriented, men and women more relationship-oriented. But nonetheless... Uh, it is true that if you read these verses that you just read in Matthew twelve thirty three through thirty seven, it does evoke, if you're saved, hopefully this reverential fear of the Lord, that what I say, what I do, who I hang out with, what I think, all that, an all knowing God, according to these verses, uh, you're going to have to account for. And I think sometimes after we're saved, even if we confess our sins up to that point, confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and ask him to forgive us, we are supposed to be pursuing holiness, righteousness. We're supposed to be going through the process of sanctification, which sometimes is not instant. But I think that lots of times we get sloppy or we can get sloppy. And I'm not even talking about cursing and things like that, but there's another verse that talks about Uh, How can blessing and cursing come out of the same fountain? How can you bless the Lord at one point and curse him with the next? I'm just talking about words of edification. I mean, we're exhorted all through the Bible to have words of edification towards the main people in our circle of influence, towards our kids. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the old adage, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me is the biggest lie that ever came out of hell. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, we get it in society. You beat somebody up, you're going to be arrested for assault and battery. But all the time people are getting beaten up children by the verbiage of their parents
0: or their caretakers. And
1: um, it's a serious matter.
0: It's so easy to do as well. Um, yeah. You know, sarcasm is a big, yes, um, habit in the world today. That you know, a lot. You know, it's so easy to get sarcastic, be sarcastic. You know, mm-hmm. when we are facing difficulty and or we're frustrated by you know an interaction we have with someone or a situation, it's easy to to try to you know if you will, you know, push it away or explain it away or joke it away with sarcasm. Um, I think that's a defense mechanism and um, it can be really caustic and, and negative because it essentially puts a um, a flippant spin on everything and, you know, turns everything into a joke when, you know, most things, while we should be able to laugh, laughter is a good medicine. Um, we don't want to put things in a negative light in order to laugh. And, you know, it's uh, it's a significant thing to to overcome if, if we struggle with sarcasm. But um, it, it's just so easy to, as you know, as when you were saying, you know, we've got to overcome the words that we say or overcome the temptation to say negative things. I think we want to make people feel more comfortable around us lots of times by saying negative things, almost like if we self deprecate or we, you know, uh, poo poo something that's happening in our life. That's good with a sarcastic statement that, you know, there's people will won't think that we're prideful or they'll think that we're more like them, you know, because we're putting down ourselves or we're maybe even putting down others. I don't know. It's kind of a lobster mentality. I think where we're constantly trying to pull everything down and make it negative, um, lot in our lives when we should be speaking positively and building ourselves and others up with our words, especially those that are looking to us for encouragement and uh, positive affirmation We can really tear them down instead if we don't uh, control the things that we say.
1: Well, some say, or I've heard in my circles of psychology, that sarcasm is acceptable or accepted anger. If you want to look at it that way, in other words, um, everything has a root. The root denotes the fruit. People don't look at root issues, uh, or none of us do, as much as we should But like you said, if you've developed a coping mechanism to be a humorous, sarcastic person uh, in order to be humorous, I mean, um, that makes it acceptable to you. Potentially, you think it's acceptable to the people that are listening without looking fully into your heart to see if you're really quite angry, but you're trying to make the anger acceptable by making a funny uh, statement or sarcasm. Um, You know, I was talking, well, I'm talking to clients all the time, but um, one I was talking to recently is going through a real trial, and she said the Lord um, spoke to her and said, you know, you tend to condemn yourself with your words. You blame yourself for everything. You take responsibility for everything, And um, she came from a wounded and abusive home as a child. I mean, very extreme uh, physical abuse. And I was telling her that sometimes trial is to help us take a deeper look at the root. And if you're always blaming yourself for everything, it's kind of a little bit different spin. But all I'm saying is like this. She's now looking at the root of what she's telling herself. It's not only what we speak to other people, but what we speak to ourselves, that she's like ashamed and guilty and condemned because her mother or father condemned her, and that root is there. And so it's really important to look at the root of what is motivating you know, the words, Mm -hmm. what is motivating you to, I mean, be sarcastic or maybe even to be flat out angry Mm -hmm. or to be, um, you know, the uh, blessing instead of blessing to be cursing, particularly if you're a Christian. I mean, I'm going to say that sanctification is a lifetime process. I wish when everybody was saved and received Jesus as their personal savior, even if they're very sincere and surrendered, that all the flesh... Fell off, and we were perfectly aligned and never sinned. Right. But that's not my experience. No, you know, it's not anybody's yours.
0: experience. If we're honest,
1: yeah. And so, but it is sobering um, because you know these scriptures are very clear. Um, potentially, if you repent or you're working towards repentance or breaking those strongholds, uh, you will be acquitted if you've repented. But you sounds like you may have to give account of those empty words, and that should put a stop sign mm-hmm. on your mouth right? and want you to think about what you're going to say, think about what you're thinking about, think about what you're telling yourself, other people around you. Think about, are you praising the Lord on Sunday and cursing other people or condemning them or yourselves on Monday? That's a very sobering and very good thing to weigh your heart and your words, right?
0: Well, it's an attack on on genuineness it's it's an attack on our sarcasm is an attack on sincerity you know and it really flies in the face i i think of matthew 537 you know which says like you know your yes be yes and your no be no right it's um you know making light of things that are serious it's um choosing to downgrade something uh it it makes people feel like they can't be real with you i think in some ways and we've all struggled with it it's so easy to do it's um but it is something that can be overcome i've seen somebody very close to me who used to do it a lot um really come out of it don't just just completely i mean it's amazing once you understand the destructiveness of your words how that can help you to really be, uh, how it can motivate you to to change and seek the Lord and ask the Lord for help to change. I'm reminded,
1: can I just say yeah. one thing? I'm reminded of the definition of sincerity in the Bible. Uh, it means without wax. And what that meant is that in Jesus's days when they made pottery, they would crack, it would crack in the process, and they put wax over it and paint it again and sell it as authentic pottery that was perfect. So if you are sincere, you are without wax. You are authentic. You are coming forth from the root of holiness and purity and uh, you know, transformation from the Lord, and you're not trying to pretend that you're something else. You're authentic. Um, I guess it'd be better if you would just say to people, hey, I'm sarcastic or I'm angry today and my words are not very very edifying rather than trying to hide it or something. But most importantly, are you in touch with it? Are you working towards the sanctification of being more Christ-like? Yeah. If you have that issue, like you said, with this person, the whole time if she, when she realized and repented, it might have taken uh, that person a little time to work out of it, but at least they're out of it. And I think in that process time, she was forgiven, uh, or he was forgiven, whoever you're talking about, if um, they recognize it. But my point is, sometimes it takes a little longer to work out of something that has a stronghold on you, according to 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. And to your
0: point, I think you've got to be patient with yourself. You do. And realize there is therefore now no condemnation for those...
1: Who are in Christ Jesus. Who are
0: in Christ Jesus. Which is
1: Romans 8, one,
0: Right. But it but it also, I'm reminded that it's also a defense mechanism yes. when you're wounded. Yes. To not want to let people in. So yes. you strike back with a yes. cunning statement. Yes. Um, to kind of deflect any type of genuine, sincere communication because you're afraid to let someone in for fear of getting hurt more.
1: Well, particularly if the person's been hurtful.
0: Right. Or if you've been hurt, I would say you're afraid to let anybody in. If you've been hurt by somebody else, even if it's not the same person you're dealing with. But if
1: you've been hurt and somebody is that way, then you're you feel that come up in you. This person wants to hurt me. They want to be sarcastic. They want to uh, be less than comforting or loving or kind so that, you know, we're talking about the reverential fear of the Lord. A lot of people have a fear of man fear of what someone's doing in the present because of what someone did in the past. That's also a process, overcoming that and not um, imputing that to the current person in your circle that you're communicating with. But if they act like that, which, you know, I don't know if we'll ever, well, we'll never be perfect. I say you can have a perfect heart, which as far as you know, you're not walking in sin without chronic sin, without repentance, and you don't have walls up. But I'm not sure we can even say that definitively at any one point. Time you can just work on that, um, knowing that those two things can push out the Lord and and people. Based on you know how badly you've been bruised and wounded in the past, it's a bigger process. If you've had the blessing of being raised in a fairly functional home, which so many have not, then it's better. But even then, hurt people hurt people, and we live in a hurt world, so that doesn't exempt anybody. But I I wanted to read this verse. This is um, James 3, 6. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. I mean, that's pretty um, sobering in the sense that you we can be so quick with our words, you know, be the, somebody says, that's why we have two ears and one mouth. So you can step back and listen before you speak, put your mind in gear before you put your mouth in motion. I used to have that up on my wall in my fifth grade classes, you know, to step back and think. Uh, but I've always said, and no, um, but it's hard to live by sometimes reaction is having more emotion than the situation calls for and you're not handling it well. Response, you have the emotion that the situation calls for because there's going to be people, circumstances, events that are going to trigger you, but you're handling it well. And you handle it better, the more healed you are, the less bloody you are in the inside for every word and every action to strike there, the more healing you have. But nonetheless, uh, it doesn't mean that you never have a response that would maybe make you feel a certain way. It's how you handle it. Hmm. Whether you can back up and do what we're trying to exhort people to do today, including ourselves. Right. Realize your tongue. If you just let it fly off, it is a fire that sets a whole forest ablaze and someone's heart um, ablaze. So, you know, it's serious. Very serious.
0: someone might ask, well, how do I, address this in my life? Well, that verse, the, those verses that we read at the beginning, when Jesus was talking, he said in verse 35, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. Another version says out of your treasure, um, you speak good or, or evil out of what's stored up in you. Luke six forty-five says, um, Uh, in the new international version says for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So what are you filling your heart with? I think is the first question to ask yourself, are you filling it with um, the latest TV shows, movies, uh, secular radio talk shows, the news, um, everything that everyone's saying on Facebook, you know, Instagram, or TikTok, TikTok, or are you filling it with the word of God? And not that we can completely take ourselves out of the world. We're going to encounter other influences in our life, but we need to be constantly putting that up against the word of God and making sure that we're also putting the word of God in, or we're primarily, I should say, or maybe first putting the word of God in to set up a standard against whatever else we're going to encounter through the day. That's not the word of God, because then we're putting treasures into our heart, good treasure that we can draw from later. Whereas if it's empty and we're bankrupt of the good treasure of the word of God, you know, we're only going to have things of this world or things of the flesh in our hearts. That's going to cause us to, you know, have a place to, or that's going to be what we speak out of. So, as we always say, identifying and memorizing and meditating on the word of God, especially those scriptures that are counter to whatever you struggle with. Um, we struggle with a lot of the same things, but sometimes we have specific issues that are harder for us to overcome as individuals than maybe others. So knowing and spending time m- meditating and on and memorizing God's word is really significant to storing up good treasure in our hearts that we can then speak out of as a result of putting it down into our hearts. You know, David said, Um, I have treasured your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. I'm paraphrasing. Well
1: you yeah go ahead. And
0: so that putting it down into David was saying, you know, I'm I'm putting God's word down into my heart so that I won't, won't sin. It's the same, same concept, same principle. Uh, there's going to be something in your heart. Make sure it's the word of God so that you have good treasure to speak good words out of.
1: And you brought today uh, to us for the show Colossians 3. I mean, I can't think of any verses right there that don't collaborate better than what you just said. Since then, you've been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ and God. That's sometimes easy to forget. The flesh died. Have the same mind that was in Christ Jesus. Philippians 2 says, though he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself and became obedient unto death. Have that same mind. What are we dying to? Our flesh or our earthly desires. When Christ, who is your life, appears and you also appear with him in glory. So what are these things we put to death? You just mentioned some uh, modern, modernistic terms. But whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry, because of these the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourself of all such things, such as anger, wrath, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to one another since you've been taken off your old self with this practices. And I don't know if you want to read more uh, that you brought, but that's right there just collaborates what you said about what your heart and mind is set on. There where your lips follow. Right? And
0: the great motivation there is verse six, because of these, the wrath of God is coming. I don't want to be standing in the way of God's wrath as a result of these things that want to crop up in my life. And so therefore I need to put them to death. Um, Which means what? Tell me what put it to death means. I I think about nailing it to a cross. I think about, I think it's a, there's a mental imagery there, a mental exercise to do that when you're tempted to sin in a certain way, whether it be lust or sexual immorality or thoughts or any other type of impurity or greed, whatever's cropping up in you that um, is contrary to God's word. I think about, you know, first of all, you got to resist it, right? Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Mm
1: -hmm. Submit yourself to the Lord. James one, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Right. So
0: resist it. And then I just think about, I'm just, I think about nailing it to the cross. Now I'm going to put that to death. I'm not going to go there. (laughs) I'm not going to allow myself to dwell on that. Um, That's what you have to do. Now, am I always successful in that? No, because I'm a sinner too. But if I do, I will overcome it. And um, what that allows me to do is to escape the consequences that will always result when the wrong choice is made.
1: What concerns me is the Holy Spirit does not convict eternally or continually I think the more you resist the Holy Spirit like you said if you repent when it comes to your attention but my concern for all of us of anything like this is that we have gotten away from the reverential fear of the Lord the holiness of the Lord uh, who he is in his perfection and once we're saved if you get used to these things I believe the Holy Spirit lifts and you ceases to convict you and then you may go on and forget what is so clear in the word I mean I don't know how it could be more clear than these verses that, that you uh, summarized in the sense of he isn't going to forget if you want to forget go ahead but he right. isn't going to forget but I think deep down inside if you're really saved and you're, tr- you're trying to make Jesus Lord of your life you always know if you're thinking or about to say or have said something that's not right. And, you know, it's comforting to me that once you understand it, you can still repent and turn from. Repent means to turn from. But another thing that people are grappling with that I see in my clients is they're around people like wives that are trying to pursue the Lord and husbands that are very worldly. And um, this is tough because, you know, there comes a point when somebody can be motivated by Satan to just antagonize you and do everything that's against your spiritual walk, such as drinking all the time or not caring about the family. And that's angering in in a good way. It's probably a righteous anger. And so I think we have to be very careful about, of course, who we hang around with by choice. And then we have to really weigh who you're married to or who is trying to bring you down to their level It won't listen about spirituality and righteousness and they want to walk in their strongholds. Yeah, That's very daunting. I mean, I have a, a couple wives that I see that are trying to figure out what do they do with that because their husbands are just... Uh, seemingly unreceptive to want to go deeper with the Lord they don't want to get a divorce and God hates divorce but he says uh, you know in the New Testament that Moses granted it because of hard hearts and we have a lot of hard hearts around today that either are not claiming to be Christians or if they are Christians they're kind of uh, walking in what I call a sleazy grace well I can do that I can repent anytime I want and they're not looking at the impact of what we're talking about today right on the people around them that they're going to be held accountable for as well as their own lives right
0: well i think if we can always keep it straight that even though jesus may forgive us the wages of sin is death yeah. and um that's romans uh six twenty three. and even if we're forgiven we're still going to face death of something it could be a small death of something it could be you know, death of a blessing that we could have had. Uh, it could be, um, just, you know, a lapse in the protection of the Lord, uh, if we're outside of, um, you know, his will and his plans and his purposes based on our actions, there are interim consequences, right? It's not, it does, it's not all just about heaven and hell. We have to live this life here on earth and, the more we make right choices, the more we're going to walk in the, the blessing of the Lord. The more we live carnally and, and choose to engage with our flesh and indulge our flesh, the more we're going to face consequences and stress as a result in our lives. And uh, it's never worth it. It's just never worth it to uh, to choose the short-term pleasure of sin because it it's... Um, the long-term consequence or just the severity of the consequence is always worse than the pleasure.
1: I think you made an excellent point there a little bit ago. I think this problem is less of the flesh when the spirit's strong. Mm -hmm. And how do we make the spirit strong? Well, we spend time with the Lord every day. We meditate on the word. We listen to sermons. We build the spirit man. So it is stronger. And, out of it comes the truth and because you're connecting and relating to the truth and i think that's another problem because in this busy society with so much distraction on the internet and social media etc let alone working and caring for your families you just people forget and they think i don't know i'm going to check a box i've done this today no that's not why you do it you do it to build your spirit so that the spirit and out of the spirit will come your life and what you say and what you do. And I was um, thinking, uh, James 1.19 says, my beloved brethren, understand this, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. And I was saying to you before we started, you know, some people say that's why you're given two ears and one mouth. You know, so you can be what that scripture says. I
0: said that to one of my kids the other day.
1: Yeah, listen, (laughs) right. I mean, and so you're training them as kids. You expect that they have to be trained. The problem is many of us still have to be trained as adults. But then as you go on to um, James 3.10, like I said, because out of the same mouth should not come praise and cursing. That should not be from the same mouth, blessing and cursing. You know, that should not be. Um, All you can do is, if it does happen, is repent and um, be aware of these verses that you've uh, brought in Matthew 12. That we will give an account of not just what, you know, a lot of people think if people don't see me, or if I do it in the dark, or my family doesn't see me, or my friends don't see me, they forget. I mean, I've heard people say, Don't do that. Somebody will hear you. Somebody will hear you out here. And I'm going, I'm thinking to myself, well, Jesus hears you all the time. We care more about who we see and who we know, because, and that's natural because, mm-hmm. I mean, we can, I can see you, you can see me today, but we can't see the Spirit of God. But right. He's everywhere, He's all-knowing, He's all-powerful, right. and He knows everything. Right. And that's another point of reverential fear. When you know that about the Lord and you spend time with Him, it's a little bit more difficult to just dismiss that you can get away with things that you think you're getting away with, if that's what you think. Um, more importantly, we want to brighten the corner where we are and try to be a light. And it's a process. It's you know? a process, and
0: yeah. you know we're right there with you. If you're listening to us today, um, mm-hmm. this is something a struggle that we all face as we walk through sanctification. Right. And uh, we we don't have it all figured out, but we mm-hmm. do know where the truth is and where all the the answers are, and it's in God's word. And if we will just learn his word and apply it more and more in our lives, we will, we will overcome, and we'll have all the tools we need to overcome um, because Jesus has given us everything that we need through what he said and what he did on earth, as well as the things that were written, inspired by the Holy Spirit throughout biblical history, written down so that we could uh, go to them and learn and grow and stand on the shoulders of the, the people that both were godly but also made mistakes, and we can see what they did and learn what not to do. But it all goes back to do we have the discipline or the um, reverence for the Lord to go to come to him and and process and see what he says in his word.
1: I think, let me just say one last thing, motive, motive of heart. The Lord looks on the heart, man looks on the outward appearance. If your motive is to please God, and then these things fall off in carnality in the flesh, God's looking at your heart. And I think if your motive is to bless and not curse and to please God and to stand before him and hear him say, well done, thou good, faithful servant, that most of the time, if not all the time, you'll come to a realization of what you need to repent of in two or four. But sometimes these things are deep. They're they're really deep. And so um at any rate um I don't want any I want everybody to feel exhorted to be mindful and not condemned, but at the same time to not take for granted that because you're saved you can just act or think or speak any old way and it's okay because the word is true like you said
0: Right. Amen. Well, let's pray and ask the Lord, you know, whenever we realize there's an area maybe that we need to work on, like our words, we can take it to the Lord and we can ask for his help and to remind us maybe when we do speak something that we shouldn't have convict us and Mm -hmm. remind us so that we can repent and turn from that, like you were talking about before. So, Let's do that now. Agree with us in prayer right now over your tongue if you um, want to submit it to the Lord so that um, we can receive the grace that, that God has available to us when we come to him in sincerity. So Lord, we come to you today in the name of Jesus using the access that you've given us because Jesus died on the cross and made a way for us to come to the Father and only through him can we come to the Father. Um, Lord, we submit our tongues to you as a as the most powerful muscle in our body in regards to what it can do. Um, the destructiveness it can create, but also the edification and encouragement and life that it can give. Lord, we submit it to you and we ask for life. Yes, and we Lord. ask for truth to come from our mouths. Yes, we ask you, you to help us to put treasure, good treasure down into our hearts through reading your word, meditating on it, memorizing it so that we will speak out of that treasure as opposed to filling our hearts with the things of this world and the things that our flesh would want us to dwell on. Help us to catch ourselves and switch our minds and take every thought captive to make it obedient to Christ so that we can walk in the purity, Lord, that you've Uh, that you want us to walk in. Jesus, you said, be perfect as I am perfect. So we set our minds and our hearts and our affections on you today, and we trust in you and know that you'll help us as we submit this to you.
1: And Lord, we just pray for those today that need healing, that feel that they're hurt, and therefore, if they're around somebody or they think that somebody is um, a threat because they've been hurt in the past that they're reactionary. It's like when you beat somebody up physically, someone's going to yell. If you beat somebody up emotionally, if they're already beat up, they're going to potentially react and yell. And so, Lord, we pray for those hearts that we're talking to. Uh, We pray for our own hearts because this is a hurt world and hurt people hurt people. And if you're hurt, which is the essence of our ministry, you're not as whole, you're not as healthy, you're more vulnerable to the enemy working through people, events, and circumstances to cause your tongue to react, which doesn't help anything, but it is a cry sometimes within people to be healed. So Lord, you said, I've come to heal the brokenhearted and set at liberty those that are bound. You have the plan and the path to be whole on the inside. And I thank you, Lord, that you will minister to those that need it today that hear this prayer and we thank you for that in jesus name we
0: pray amen amen well thank you for joining us today on the totally transformed podcast we look forward to speaking to you again soon on the next episode